he had a chance to catch up with one of the Montreal Canadiens' better players who has a wish list for who he'd like to see play on his wing this year in the upcoming season for the Habs. And how bad are the Canadians going to be? Well, according to this player, not as bad as a lot of people think. As a matter of fact, he thinks they're going to surprise. Who does he think is going to wear the C? He's got an interesting opinion on that one. Duke Cowan of the Montreal Gazette and Hockey Inside Out had a one-on-one with Hab center Nick Suzuki. We'll discuss it right here on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Marinaro. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinaro live from Spain. Uh, so uh, minus the 8.6 beer, which is not with me right now. And so bear with me, folks. Uh, the Internet is probably not as stable here and as strong here as it would be back home. But uh, I'm in Spain for a couple of weeks, but I really wanted to do this and I didn't want to let down the listeners and the viewers. So I'm doing it live from Spain. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacash. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. There is no Lacage in Spain, but trust me, I wish there was. So minus the beer and minus uh, the sick podcast, Mike Sock, which I didn't bring with me, but I did bring, you know, um, my laptop and my camera, my mixer board and my microphone. Thank God. Joining me, Stu Cowan. Stu, what's going on? Hey, Tony. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm just coming back from a month long, a month long vacation. Played a lot of golf, some relaxation. So ready to go again with hockey right around the corner. Good stuff. And and uh, Stu, if uh, the internet is not uh, overly strong or stable, or I tend to blur up a little bit, bear with me. It'll come back. But yeah, I know you were on vacation, but I also saw you had a piece on hockeyinsideout.com. You had a chance to talk to Nick Suzuki. So I have to ask you, weren't you on vacation? <laughs> I I was on vacation, but I got a call from one of the BioSteel PR people asking if uh, I was interested in an interview with Nick Suzuki, and I said, "Of course I am." So I came back uh, a couple of days earlier to do that, and it was nice to talk with Nick, who, uh, as you know, has spent all summer, basically all summer in Montreal. He went home to London, Ontario, for a little bit once the season ended, but he's been in the city, he's been around the town. The Canadians have had videos of him at the Lasso Country Music Festival and an old Montreal and all kinds of stuff. And as he said, he's found the summer long, the uh, longest summer he's uh, he's ever had, he said, since he started playing as a hockey player. Uh, but he's got a lot of stuff down. If you remember, he's the only player who played every game last season, but he was also dealing with a minor injury near the end, and he wasn't taking part in morning skates and some practices. So he's had a long summer to be healthy, and he's excited about uh, what's coming up. And as you mentioned in the intro, he, he thinks the Canadians are going to surprise some people. Speaking of BioSteel, my boy's favorite flavor uh, favorite flavor is grape. Just thought I'd throw that in for whatever reason. But, you know, 
the fact that he's been here all summer, he's on the Canadian social media account all the time, right? Mm-hmm. He, he played in the three-on-three at hockey, et cetera. He went to this uh, country music uh, concert that you talked about. Uh, he's been at golf tournaments. He's been at promotional events. He's here, there. He's everywhere. It seems to me that there has to be a reason for that. Yeah, I think I, I think he's going to be named the next captain. I think it might come at the Canadians golf tournament, and if not, then at training camp. Uh, I think the only concern that management has at this point is the fact he's still young. He's 23. He just turned 23, but he's got three years' experience. He's also going into the first year of that big contract. But the fact that they've had him around town all summer, uh, I don't know if that was Nick's decision. I think there may be Chantal Maccabee might have had something to do with this, along with Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton. Uh, he's going to be the face of the franchise, I think, moving forward, or one of the faces of the franchise. And I think they want to have their captain connect better with the community than Shea Weber did. Shea Weber wasn't a public guy at all, uh, didn't like talking to the media. You very rarely saw him interacting with fans or on any kind of social media with the Canadians, a total opposite with Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki seems to enjoy doing it. Um, he likes being around the fans. If you remember, Tony, we were at that sports celebrity breakfast earlier this summer. Correct. Uh, he was there. They were, he was sitting at a table amongst the crowd. Fans were coming up to him constantly. Uh, yeah. At one point, I looked at him and I go, "Now, people, just leave the kid alone a bit." But he handled it perfectly. He never. He, he was polite. He was nice with people. He had time to speak with people the way the yeah. old Canadians were, right? The way Yvonne Cornway and Jean Beliveau and all those guys were uh, when they dealt uh, with the fans. And Chantal McAbee, when she took over the job, she said she became a Canadians fan and a hockey fan because she loved Guy Lafleur so much. Of course, of course. Able to see him. She used to wait outside the forum to get autographs, and I think she said she had he had fifty she had fifty of his autographs. And he always took time to speak to the fans and be with the fans. And she wants to bring that back. That's part of the mandate she was given. And we're seeing that now with Nick Suzuki, who's really yeah. part of the community. I think that, I think there was only two guys. I think they were living year round uh, in Montreal. Paul Byron, whose wife is a francophone. Yes, uh, Jonathan Drouin. I think they're the only two Canadians who, who live here year-round now. When you go back to the old, I mean, times have changed, but back in the glory days, most of the team stayed here. They had a softball team that traveled around the province during the summer. So I think between Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes and Chantal McAbee uh, changing the, the image of this team, uh, moving forward, wanting to be more friendly with the media, wanting to be more friendly with the fans, and I think what they've done with Nick Suzuki is a part of that. Yeah. And they wrote my column. I, I think Nick Suzuki is ready to handle that role. Um, you know, I asked him about being captain. Actually, I can find the quote I have here right now in front of me on my screen. He says, I haven't heard. We'll see. I don't know when they're planning on naming one. But for me, if it was to be given, if I was to be given the captaincy, it would be a true honor and it would be a dream come true for me. So he's, he's thinking wow. about it. And, and if I find it hard to believe they haven't mentioned anything to him that, you know, he's going to be or might be. Uh, maybe they haven't confirmed it. Maybe they said, we'd like you to be the captain. We're going to have you here around the summer and we're going to make the decision afterwards. But he reminds me, Nick reminds me a lot of Saku Koivu in ways. Like I don't think he's going to be a superstar player in the NHL. I think he's going to be a very good player for a long time in the NHL, like Saku Koivu was. And if he is indeed named captain, I think he'll be a good captain. I think he, he won't do anything to embarrass the franchise. He'll handle the fans. Well, he'll handle the players. Well, I know he's very well respected by his teammates in the room. Very well respected. That goes a long way. And, you know, before they named Shea Weber captain, I thought Brendan Gallagher should have been named captain because Brendan deals with the fans, he deals with the media, he enjoys doing it. It's something that Shea Weber never enjoyed doing. Uh, to me, that's a big part about being captain of the Canadians. But moving forward, 
I don't know if Brendan Gallagher is going to be with this team for the remainder of his contract. I think Kent Hughes would like to move him if he can. I think Brendan Gallagher wouldn't mind going to a team with a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup. So I don't think you're going to name Brendan Gallagher a captain and then a year or two later you're going to trade him. I think they want to move forward with this young group and Nick Suzuki is going to be the leader of that young group. He has a respect to the young players. The older players respect him too. He's got veterans around him like Gallagher and Edmondson and guys like that to help him. Um, so I'd be surprised at this point if Nick Suzuki isn't named the next captain of the Canadians. Yeah, uh, you know, I, for one, am very happy that he and Cole Caulfield were at that sports celebrity breakfast. Just kind of take the focus off of me a little bit for a couple of hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but not only at the breakfast. I mean, like at the breakfast, sitting in the in the crowd. Uh, they were there before right. the breakfast, signing autographs, posing You're for right. photos young kids and old kids and they were being pulled in seven different directions but they, right. they were smiling they were smiling and happy the whole time they were doing it and i think that's a key that's something that's been lost on this team you know when you were talking about chantal used to wait for the players outside the forum to get an autograph now the guys drive right into the garage and they park right and they go into the locker room yeah they the garage you... they, there's not that same connection it's, I mean, times have changed. It's not that same connection with the fans and the players. I don't think it'll ever be the same as it was. You know, I was a kid growing up in the 70s. I remember Bobby Russo coming to my end-of-the-year hockey banquet and handing out trophies to all the kids. I still have a of picture of me with him. So stuff like that. And, and I think it'll never be the exact same as that now and in the future. But I think the Canadians want to get back. And Shanta Maki wants to get back to something like that. No, all should, of course, of course. Of course. Is going to remember they got to meet Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and pose for photos. And, you know, Nick talked about how much he enjoyed the country festival. He's a big country music guy. He got to meet yeah. Brian and stuff like that. And just on the have social media, showing him in that environment, you're captain of the Canadians. It's more than just a hockey team, the people in this city. And the captain is more than just – Shea Weber was a great leader in the locker room. His players loved him and respected him. But he did very little – in that captaincy role apart from that. And some people say, I don't care about that. And that's fine. But to me, captain of the Canadians is, is much more bigger than just what you do in the locker room. And, you know, Jean Beliveau was the best captain ever. And you look at the, him in the community after he passed away, sadly passed away, 90% of the stuff people were talking about or memories weren't him on the ice. They were meeting him in a restaurant or meeting him at an exchange program or meeting him outside of seeing him at a restaurant and getting an autograph. It was all that. So, as I, again, I think as the Canadians try and re, rebuild their brand, uh, yeah. connect more with the Canadians, both and, and become a better team on the ice. Uh, they want they, they just want to make the team and the players more a part of the community than they have been in recent years. The late great Jean Beliveau used to send personally handwritten letters to season ticket holders. Remember that? That's pretty cool. Uh, and he used to respond to every letter he received too. Yes. You, you know, you mentioned something about Shea Weber, and, and so. It's probably a not a fair comment, but I'll make it anyway, uh, because if I'm going to say it, I believe it. Even though Nick Suzuki wasn't drafted by the Canadians, he was acquired. I think he was born to be a Hab. I think Cole Caulfield was born to be a Hab. I don't think Shea Weber was born to be a Hab. And I don't think Shea Weber wanted to be a Hab, to be perfectly frank. He, he never wanted to be traded. Um, I think his world was ripped out from under him when he got traded from Nashville uh, to, to Montreal. If you remember, PK was in Nashville about two days after the trade, singing at Tootsie's and connecting with fans. And it was quite a long time before Shea Weber showed up in Montreal after that trade. It, it wasn't something he wanted. And he never seemed to embrace the city or the fans. Or And I don't think he – I think he knew – like 
there's a big difference between being captain of the Nashville Predators and being captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Totally and, different animal. And I'm sure Weber's not a dumb guy. I'm sure he understood that, but he's just, he's a very, he's a private guy and he doesn't like doing interviews and he doesn't like talking about himself and he doesn't really interact with the public and stuff like that. And that's why I, I thought at the time Gallagher would have made a better captain than him. Shea could still be the leader in the locker room as an assistant captain and, and maybe the more, the, the, the more quiet, respected veteran leader than maybe Gallagher, but Gallagher would do all the other stuff, right? He's like, Gallagher's always been great with the media and great with fans. And you see him yeah. outside the bell center and fans love him. And, and I think he, I think Brandon Gallagher understands more about what it means to be a Canadian than Shea Weber ever did. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick, S-I-C-K. If you're listening on audio, please leave us a five-star review and write sick. And once again, I'm live from Spain, so you don't see the 8.6 beer or the sick podcast, Mike Sock. And if the internet is unstable, please bear with us. Uh, the signal's not as strong as it would be back home, but we're doing this for the passion of the podcast and for the love of the game, of course. If Nick Suzuki is indeed named the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, and there was and that was decided, here we are at the beginning of September. Can you give me a date in which you think he was either told or it was hinted to him that he would be? I think it would have been hinted to him before the summer, which is a big reason why he stayed here all summer and was asked to stay here all summer. At the very latest, he was told before the draft because he was there on Thursday, July 7th at the Bell Center on the opening night of the draft. And when the Canadians made their first pick overall selection, mm -hmm. he was on stage with members of the management team and the scouts. So he was either told you will be captain, I'm speculating here again, or told we plan to make you captain. We'd like you to be at the draft. We'd like you to spend the summer here. And, and maybe the one thing we can't use, Tony, he's really smart and he's really honest. And, you know, he's honest with the media. He tells, you know, he can't tell us everything, but he's going to tell us what he can. You don't want a GM telling the media everything because then it's going to. If I can, I get the feeling that he can't tell us everything, but he'll never lie to us. Exactly. Thank you. That's yeah. exactly. And I think he probably, I'm sure he spoke with Nick and said, we want you to think about this over the summer. Hang around the city, get a vibe for the city be part, and then we're going to come back to you around now, like before the start of training camp, and ask you, Do you are you ready for this? Do you think you're really ready for this? And I, and I mentioned Brendan Gallagher. I'm sure if Brendan Gallagher might feel upset that he wasn't named captain, I'm sure Kent Hughes will sit down with him and explain to him the reasons why, if indeed they do pick Nick Suzuki, and I'm sure some of the reasons will be the ones I mentioned before, um, about why. So it's so much of being a GM or a coach – or the leader of any business today is just being honest with people and communicating with people. And I think that was a big problem with the previous administration of the Canadians. I don't know if they were honest with people all the time, including players or media, etc. So I think that I'm not sure they would have said, you're going to be the captain. I think they may have said, we want you to be the captain. We want you to go through the summer. We're going to sit down again a little bit before the golf tournament. And we're going to say, okay, are you ready? Do you think you're ready? Are you ready to do this? And then we're going to make the announcement. All right. Uh, speaking of Suzuki, he thinks the Canadians are going to surprise a lot of people. That's what he told you. I have he my did. notes. Well, here, I, I, I got this, as I said, my quotes in front of me. From the I asked no, him, what are you it, most, go for it. Yeah. I said, what are you most excited? My question to him was, what are you most excited about about the upcoming season? 
And he said, his exact quote was, I think I'm most excited about the, about kind of proving people wrong. I think people have really put us down. I was actually talking to Monahan, Sean Monahan, about our lineup. We got a pretty deep team, and I think people are really underestimating us. That's not a bad thing either. I think we're going to surprise people. And I think they will surprise people in a way. I think people think they're going to be the worst team in the NHL again. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the NHL. They're going to they get they have talent at forward. They have some depth at forward. They have pretty good depth at center, but goaltending is going to be shaky. Um, they're they're Allen deep at forward too. That's it. They're just yeah. deep at forward. Montembeau and Allen both show that they're not legitimate number one goalies in the NHL. The more they play, the more their games sort of fall apart. They both have injury issues. They seem to be injury prone, and they're going to have a young, inexperienced defense in front of them. So that's I can see them losing a lot of five, three, six, four games. But having said that. I think it's going to be like after Marty St. Louis took over last season. I think they're going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun watching the young defensemen. It's going to be, I think, back to when Jordan Harris got called up last season. Yeah. Marty St. Louis told him, don't worry about making mistakes. You're going to make three or four mistakes every game. You're going to wish you could come back. Don't worry about it. And, wow, what a refreshing change that is from the way the Canadians handled their rookies previously, where the guys were terrified to make a mistake because they'd either go down the Laval or they'd get a healthy scratch. So I think we're going to see that with the defense. They're going to play these young kids. They're going to let yeah. them make mistakes. They're going to work on the mistakes they made. But just allowing – it's hard enough to play in the NHL, especially as a defenseman, when you're not worried about making mistakes. When you are worried about making mistakes, that's usually when you make more mistakes because you're squeezing your stick, you're thinking too hot, too much. You're, they have a lot of talented young defensemen. Let them play. Let them make their mistakes. Let them learn from their mistakes. Let them grow together. So I think that's why – I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. It's going to be fun to watching these young defense develop. I'm sure there's going to be some nights where some of these young defense are going to be minus four, minus five, and, and look terrible because it's not easy to jump into the NHL and play as a defenseman. Yeah. But it's going to be fun to watch the forwards play. It's going to be fun to watch the defenseman develop. And the Canadians have the, they have a plan in place now, right? They don't, they're not going to be Stanley Cup contenders next year or the no. year after. But they're building something here. And, and moving forward, they have smart people now running the organization they have honest people now running the organization and that goes a long way man especially with young players just be honest with them let them know i, I love I, I i love their management team i have to tell you but you know getting back to the forwards as much as they are deep and they are um at the very latest within by a month and a half left in the season by trade deadline jonathan drouin will likely be traded mm -hmm. right yeah i think adenov will likely be traded. I'd say definitely. Um, Sean Monaghan might be traded. We're talking about three players yep. whose contract is up at the end of the year, and we do know that Kent Hughes wants to shed salary on the salary cap. Now, there's a chance of Mike Hoffman as well, but Hoffman will have another year on his contract after this year, so maybe he'll get traded the year after that. They yep. have two goalies who are not Carey Price for the most part. And if one of them suffers an injury, and we don't know how much of a workload Jake Allen can take either. Yeah. Their defense, like you said, will have at least three young guys on defense. And even as, as deep as the forward group is, the players that I talked to you about, Jonathan Drouin, Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadanov, Sean Monaghan, they've all struggled with consistency in terms of point production over the past couple of years. And Brendan Gallagher had a, an atrocious season last year, and I know everyone is hoping that well-rested he will bounce back, but until he bounces back, we don't know if he will. 
So yep. even the strength of their team, which is the depth at forward, is fragile. Yeah, there's lots of question marks around. And what you were just saying goes back to why I'm thinking Suzuki's the captain, because Suzuki's going into the first season of an eight-year contract. He's going to be here for a long time. He's going to be around. He's the guy who's going to – comings and goings and whatever. He's going to be the stabilizing force in the locker room, the guy who's going to be here. He's going to grow with the team. The team's going to grow around him. But you're right. I mean, Jonathan – I wouldn't do it, by the way. I wouldn't do it. I would have I would have Edmondson as a buffer for the next two years. His contract is up. And it's not to say that Suzuki can't be a good captain because I believe he'll end up being a very good captain for what it's worth. But I would have had Edmondson for the next two years. You make Suzuki settle in for two more years, get a little bit older, more experienced. Um, you know, two years into the big contract that he has. And then once Edmondson is gone, then you can make it Suzuki. I've said that. That's been my opinion for the last year and a half. But I do believe they'll name Nick Suzuki captain. I just, I wouldn't. Edmondson is a Stanley Cup champion. He's a presence. He's a veteran. I don't think he's got a lot of pressure on him to perform. And uh, he seems to be the guy who rallies the troops and is the guy who gets keeps everyone together more so than everyone else. And that's why I do that. But I think they want stability in the captaincy moving forward, which Suzuki provides. And... Edmondson, Gallagher, all these guys are going to be around Suzuki, right? And, and the fact that he's so re well-respected in the room, I don't think it's going to be a case of Joel Edmondson being upset that Nick Suzuki was named captain instead of him. Again, no, no, can't, for sure, use, no. can't use his honest and speaks with Edmondson, explains to all the leadership. We're naming Nick Suzuki captain. Here's the reasons why. He's the cornerstone of our franchise moving forward. He's going to be the face of the franchise moving forward. But we need you guys to really support him and really help him and help him you know, back him up in the room, talk to him on the road, give him advice, say what you would do in this situation. I think all those things are going to happen. And the second part of the quote, Nick gave me when I asked about being captain, I'll read it to you now. And it's in the column that I wrote. He said, it would be a lot, it would be a lot of head, a lot of work ahead for me, but I think I'm in a good position for that. And I have great leadership around me of older guys and guys that have helped me along. So if that were to happen, it would be pretty cool. Again, the respect that he has in the room, I think Brendan Gallagher would, these guys would, it goes back to what I was saying before about why I thought Gallagher would have been a better captain than Weber. Weber would still be in the room. Weber would still be a huge leader in the room, but Gallagher would handle all the parts of being a captain that Weber didn't want or didn't enjoy doing. Now in the room, it's, it's uh, uh, there's more than one leader in the room, right? But you're right about that. And, and that one guy though, who is the captain, which they were lacking last year, that one guy who is in the, who is the captain who speaks up and has the final word. And that final word from a Nick Suzuki as captain would be after he spoke with Joel Edmondson and after whatever an issue might be in the locker room, whatever it is, you speak with Edmondson on the road, you have a coffee, you speak with Gallagher, you speak with the key leadership guys. What should I do? How would you handle this? And then at the end of the day, Suzuki has to make his decision, but he's a smart kid. He's a smart kid and he seems to be a humble kid. And for me personally, it's been cool watching him since he first joined the Canadians. I remember the first rookie camp interviewing him and he was like a deer in the headlights. Like he was, almost afraid to say something wrong or what he was going to do or how he's going to say. And then I think of the Nick Suzuki I interviewed on Monday in a zoom conference, calm, comfortable, confident, uh, well-spoken, good answers. You know, the answer is just the quote I just read you about the leadership, the quote I read you about, it's surprising. He's not saying we're going to win the Stanley cup. He just thinks, I think we're going to be better than a lot of people think we're going to be. So it's, it's, there's a lot of different ways you can be a leader. As I said, the more 
Suzuki matures on and off the ice, the more he reminds me of Saku Koivu, just as the, the type of player and the type of person and the type of leader that I think he can be for this team moving forward. And the room is not only the locker room, it also includes the gym and matrixhomefitness.ca. Not only do you see their products in a bunch of gyms throughout the city, throughout the province, throughout the country, but you can also bring it home, discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. All right. Suzuki and Caulfield were a tandem down the stretch last year when Marty St. Louis took over, a tandem that a lot of people appreciated. I know public opinion would love to see Yuri Slavkowski as the third member of that line. And it sounds like from the conversation you had with Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki would like to see that as well. He'd like to see it, but speaking like a captain and a leader, he's, he's, it's not guaranteed. It's not written in stone. The, the way I phrased the question to him, I said, you know, I spoke with Slavkowski the day before the draft. You were there, Tony. We were together uh, when they yep. brought out the top prospects in old Montreal. And I asked Slavkowski, I think I asked him a question. It was me. I said, you know. A certain uh, sports radio station in the city was not there because they actually didn't know that it was going on. But, uh, you know, you were there. I asked Slavkowski, why should the Canadians draft you number one? And you were there, Tony. His response was because I'd be a good fit with Caulfield and uh, Suzuki and we'd be able to score a lot of goals together. So when I spoke with Suzuki, I, I, I mentioned that. I mentioned that interview I had with him. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, he wanted to play with you guys. And if, if he thought they would be a good fit. And he said they'd been training together uh, in Brossard. Uh, he said he's surprised how big this kid is. Like he even looks even – and we both had the same reaction, Tony, when we saw him. You know, I'm I'm 6'3 and about 225 pounds. This kid's bigger than me, and he's 18 I weigh old. more than you. I, <laughs> I weigh more than you. I weigh more than you, Stu. So I have the quote here. You probably so he got four inches on me, but I got 50 pounds on you, Stu. He said about uh, Slavkowski, he said he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun to be around. On the ice, he's a lot bigger than I imagined. I think he's doing the right things. He's working really hard, so he's going to come into camp pretty ready, and we'll see how that shapes up for the Lions. And then he mentioned to me also, we all have to play well for Marty St. Louis to put us on the same line. Uh, I mean, you and I, there's no guarantee at this point right now. This is me speaking, not self, not uh, Nick. There's no guarantee right now that Slavkowski is going to make the team. I think he will. I think he's going to start the season. The end. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will too. Yeah, I think he's going to play at least nine games, and then they'll decide if they send them down or not. But I'd be shocked if he's not in the starting lineup. And I'd be shocked if the first preseason game is not on the line with uh, Suzuki and, and Caulfield, because I think that's one of the reasons they drafted him. I think they there's a if that's your number one line, that can be your number one line for the yeah. next six, seven years. Uh, three guys who were all, uh, all first-round draft picks, uh, different styles of player, the big, powerful winger, the little guy who can shoot the puck like, uh, like nobody, and, and the smart – playmaking two-way defensive center. That could be a top line in the NHL moving forward if all these three guys progress the way the Canadians hope they can. So it's, um, again, Nick answered that question. Like, he, he handled it really well. He, he answered it well. He said, yeah, he'd, he'd be a good fit, but nothing's proven yet. Like, we all have to play well. We all have, yeah. to, we have to prove that they belong to be together. Slavkowski has to prove he's ready to be in the NHL. Uh, Suzuki and Koffer already proved this is the chemistry they have together. But I'm sure that Nick is like thinking in the back of his mind, man, it would be nice if we can get this big kid playing on the yeah. <laughs> And he is, I, he is, he's a monster, this kid. He's so yeah. big. I think uh, he'll be on the big team and start with the big team yeah. because he's big enough, because he's strong enough, because they're most likely not going to make the playoffs anyway. So you don't have to have, a, you know, a, a very veteran group. You can live with young players' mistakes. And I go back to, the Canadians uh, and their, you know, the video coverage of the draft when Kent Hughes picks up the phone 
and calls Kirby Doc and tells him that he's been working on a trade for 48 hours and says, I don't know if you just saw, but we drafted somebody who was like bigger than you type of thing. So yeah. that leads me to believe in all those reasons why. Look, I don't know if he's going to start the season on the big line, but I will tell you this by the end of the season, I think he'll end the season on the big line. So that's my take. Great article. It got you out of vacation. And uh, I would imagine with the weather in Montreal the past couple of days, you've been enjoying your pool. I have. I played, got a couple of rounds of golfing and uh, a little swim in the pool after golf. So it's been a fantastic vacation, but relaxed, ready to go. Looking forward to this Canadian season. As I said, they're not going to be a, a, a very good team. They're going to be near the bottom of the standings, but I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they were fun to watch last season after Marty St. Louis took over. And I think they're going to be even more fun to watch this season. So, uh, and I think the one thing from last season, my main takeaway at the end of the year, Tony, this is a team that finished last in the NHL and got a standing ovation when they left the ice at the Bell Center for their final game. That shows you that fans in this city are willing to have a rebuild. They're willing. They just want to see a plan. As long as they're entertained, Stu. As long as they're entertained. You spend a lot of money. People spend a lot of money to go to the Bell Center to watch a game, and it's entertainment. At the end of the day, sports is entertainment. You want to be entertained. And they haven't been entertaining for a long time. Stu, if you miss the playoffs, who cares where you finish? It's actually better to finish near the bottom or at the bottom so you get as great a draft pick as possible. I know a lot of people don't agree with me on that topic, and I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm telling you you're wrong. And I and I don't agree with I don't agree with tanking, Tony. Uh, players no, want to but if organically the team is weak, they're, they're not going to be a young team that's going to lose a lot of games because they're a young team without great goaltending. But they're going to compete. They're going to compete like they did last season. We saw it with Marty St. Louis Cobra. They competed every night. When they were down 4-1, they still fought and they came back. So they're going to compete. There's some talent there. They're going to score some goals. Uh, there's a lot of young guys. You know, it would be interesting to watch Jordan Harris develop. It's going to be easy if Caden Gooley makes the team. They have uh, so many young guys coming up. Cole Caulfield, what can he do with a full season with Marty St. Louis as his coach? What can Nick Suzuki do? There's so many storylines going into the season. They're going to be fun to watch. It's a yeah. young, rebuilding team that has a plan in place, has smart people running the team now, has a coach that the players love, and will do skate through a wall for them. And uh, it's going to be a fun season. See, they're going to lose – I think they're going to lose a lot of 5-3, 6-4 type games. Uh, yeah. But people are going to go to the Bell Center, they're going to see goals. They're going to see – if, if Cole Caulfield scores three goals and the Habs lose 6-4, I think people went to the Bell Center and go home and say, that was a fun night. I agree with you. And uh, once again, and Andy, don't I got 50 pounds on you, Stu, so you can never say <laughs> that you wait. Well, I'm a bigger guy than you in terms of weight. All right. Thanks for doing this, man. All the best to you. Okay, Tony. Enjoy the, uh, right. whatever's left. Enjoy Spain and uh, whatever's yeah. left of the, the summer before we get going full gear. I will. Thank you so much. And once again, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. Sick. Marinaro, pretty sick man, live from Spain. I should be back next week in Montreal. Until then, a couple of more podcasts from Spain for you. Right here, the podcast that never sleeps. Ciao for now. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, 
It's time you went back to Lakash. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>